This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning. You're listening to Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio. Malcolm White here with Carol Puckett. Good morning, Carol. Good morning, Mal. How are you? I am well. It's a little warm these days. Uh, The humidity (laughs) this morning, I walked about 6 o'clock this morning, and the humidity was 88%. Good for vegetables. Not so much for for us. Not for us. (laughs) My squash plants and tomato plants are loving it. (laughs) But not so much myself. So, would you have a big weekend in the kitchen? Did you uh, have, cook yeah, anything I interesting? Well, I, I did because it was too hot to go play outside, at least for me. Um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of in a in a peach thing right now. Oh, okay. I made, a, made a peach pie and a peach cobbler, and you know that's my. Refer- I also made some recipes from the Duke's Mayonnaise Cookbook. Ah. Oh. So, on top of things for our for the show today. So how about you? Well, uh, I had a great uh, run out to my friend David Patterson's house uh, out in Madison, and he, for the last two Saturdays, has loaded me down with vegetables, and I mean bags of tomatoes, bags of eggplant, bags of figs, which I made uh, fig preserves out of yesterday, and it's just been a, a real a cornucopia of delight in our kitchen uh, the last two weeks. We've just been loaded down with good vegetables grown by a great friend. Now, last week, you and I were not here. We we ran an encore uh, from last year's show on the Neshoba County Fair uh, from 2019. I have heard a lot of comments. A lot of people thought it was, was live, but um, that was a great, fun show. And gosh, I'm going to miss the fair this year. But yeah, it had been, year. That's right. That's right. Many things have been canceled, uh, including the Neshoba County Fair for this year. But uh, anyway, we, we had a good time with our show, uh, interviewing some of our friends and going from cabin to cabin, eating well. Uh, but today, it, it's all about the great Mayo debate. And, uh, you know, it's, it's oftentimes uh, Hellman's versus Duke's. But I've gotten a bunch of feedback from people who actually like Blue Plate. Uh, and craft and some other brands, so uh, it'll be well, fun. Um, Blue Plate is another regional mayonnaise having made in the great state of Louisiana in, in New Orleans. So I, I, I get that. I know you're a Hellman's man, uh, but you know I've been sticking with Dukes a long time, and I believe it's because I went to school in South Carolina where it was sold, and it used to be just sold right in that region. And it was like in the old days when you couldn't get uh, Coors beer east of the right. Rockies. You remember, and people would drive out to Colorado for Coors. It was kind of the same way for Dukes. Uh-huh. Like, uh, you know, when I would be coming home for you know, some kind of event, people would ask, will you bring me some Dukes? And, you know, around Converse, where I went to college, People ask for, they didn't ask for mayonnaise. They said, let's put some Dukes on that. Uh, so, you know, I have a history with it. 
Yeah, and I like Dukes. In fact, yesterday, Kara and I uh, did a little blind tasting. And, uh, you know, I, I go around talking about being a Hellman's man, but guess what happened in the, in the tasting yesterday? I got it wrong. I, I picked Whoa. the Hellman's, and the, I got them confused in a blind tasting. Uh, so I've done a little digging into ingredients, and I can't wait to talk to Ashley Strickland Freeman about that. They're, they're very similar, uh, both of these mayos, but there are some uh, different ingredients. We've also had a busy, busy week on cooking and coping on our Facebook group. Uh, man, people are really showing off there. They really are. We're up to 2,039 members or uh, participants this morning and boy just seeing what people are doing doing with stuff you know the figs are coming out everywhere and you know people are just are doing wonderful things one of the things I really loved uh, Donna Barksdale who we both know did honey red wine baked figs now how does Mm. that sound sounds delish uh I've got a small uh, fig tree in my backyard. It's only a few years old that I got from the Cazzeri family, and it's an Italian fig tree. And when I first got it, I took it down to the coast and planted it in my yard in Bay St. Louis, but it never really got going down there, too much shade. So last year on my birthday, I brought it back to Jackson, and my granddaughter and I, Wren, planted it in my backyard here in Belhaven. And this year, it put on a magnificent show, and we've been eating the figs right off the tree, and and my grandson, Wilder, just loves them. That kid can tear up a fig. So it's been a glorious fig season around our house. Well, our fig trees aren't ready yet, and I was so in the mood for figs after seeing some of the posts on cooking and coping that I actually bought some this weekend from Lee Bailey out at Salad Days. Yeah, I signed up for a produce box and put some figs in there and, you know, brought them home to make a fig tart. Now, this fig, the fig tart is a recipe from Julia Reed. It was published in the New York Times, you know, oh, probably 10 years ago. But, you know, you can trust a Mississippi girl with a fig recipe. Oh, yeah. If you can't trust a Mississippi girl with a fig recipe, who can you trust? I know it. Hey, so today we're going to try something different. We've never done this before. So today on Deep South Dining, we're actually going to do a giveaway. And we are so lucky that we got a giant Duke's swag package that at 930 this morning, listeners of Deep South Dining, you will be able to call in and have a shot at winning the Duke's swag bag. What's in it, Carol? Do you know? You know, I really don't, uh, Mal, but I'm hoping that there'll be like a Duke's baseball cap or T-shirt. I, I really, uh, really hadn't taken a look at it. Okay. But on, on the other side, not to be given away, I am personally receiving on Wednesday a Duke's face mask. Not from from Dukes, but our friend and listener, Thomas Williams from Nashville, got it for me from a company in Nashville called Ranger Stitch. It's rangerstitch.com, and they do embroidery with vintage machines. So I'm going to have a very cool mask, and um, if anybody else wants one, it's Ranger Stitch. 
dot com. They have lots and lots of different things that range from fifteen dollars for plain to forty five dollars for the exotic, including shipping. You know, the face mask or the face covering has become the new baseball cap and T-shirt. It is the new place to show loyalty to some brand that you like. I have seen some really uh, remarkable uh, face masks uh, on on social media, on television, uh, and around town, too. So people are getting very creative with their masks, and I think that's a fun thing to do in a really terrible time. Yeah, it kind of gives you something to play with and to be happy about. Um, Mona Nicholas, who is the executive director of the USA International Ballet Competition, actually made some for my significant other, John, out of his shirts. He has you know, beautiful you know, cotton shirts, and I gave her a couple, so he, he has very cool masks. Yeah, I, I think this... Uh specializing or individualizing of the mask uh, is one of the positives that's come out of this really difficult time. So you'll be wearing a Duke's face covering soon, huh? Yeah, and as you know, Duke's inspires a lot of passionate brand loyalty. So what better way to show your stuff? Yeah, people will be stopping you on the streets and challenging Duke's uh, and asking you why they're your favorite. And you know, Carol, you and I never met a condiment we didn't like. I know it, Malcolm. You know, from hot sauce to, to man, we feel really have it. And there are a lot of other people out there who feel that way. <laughs> On Cooking and Coping, which is our Facebook page that we hope you will join if you haven't already, I put a post just one day. I had a picture of dukes and tomatoes and white bread and I said you know this is my sandwich what is yours and like within a day there were 129 comments several hundred likes but people are passionate about their mayonnaise I mean people were getting downright testy yeah they take it personally you know know and you know what I let me tell you what I did yesterday I made a BLT and on one side, I put Dukes, and on the other side, I put Hellman's. I mean, that's, yeah, you know, I'm just trying to be Malcolm, inclusive here. I know it, Malcolm. Yeah, that's just such a Malcolm White thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a break uh, here on Deep South Dining. When we return, we will talk to our special guest today, author of the new Dukes Mayonnaise Cookbook, 75 Recipes Celebrating the Perfect Condiment. Ashley Strickland Freeman will join us. She'll be calling us in from Charleston, South Carolina, the uh, actually the state where Dukes was born. So stay tuned. We'll be back with Ashley Strickland Freeman, Carol Puckin, and myself for more Deep South Dining. Hey, this is Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. Each week, myself or one of my fellow hosts bring you in-depth interviews with different creative Mississippians. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio, or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcasting app. You're tuned to Deep South Dining. Malcolm White here with Carol Puckett. Good morning, Carol. 
Good morning again, Malcolm. How's it going? It is great. I am still uh, working from a distance. Today I'm broadcasting, of course, from my basement and you from your closet. Yeah. You know, how long is it going to go on, Mal? Who knows? Who knows? But I'll tell you one thing. We're going to hunker down and eat well, no matter how long it lasts. And today, today we're talking mayonnaise, the great mayo debate. Everybody has a favorite. But today we're going to zoom in and focus on one of the most quintessential southern condiments known to exist, and that is Duke's mayonnaise. Uh, originally from South Carolina, but I do believe, and we'll have to ask Ashley this, I think it is currently manufactured and made in Richmond, Virginia, where my wife Kara's from, and she tells a lot of stories about growing up uh, with Dukes and all of the other products uh, that Dukes make uh, made there. The Sour family is who owned it for a number of years, and we'll talk more about those details, but do you want to introduce our special guest today, Kara? Yeah, Ashley, are you on the line? I am here. Good morning. Good morning. How are things in Charleston, South Carolina? They're good, but it's very, very hot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, first let me say congratulations on this wonderful cookbook. And uh, my brother-in-law, Jim Fifield, in Aspen, Colorado, was the first person to tell me about it. He read like a couple of months ago it would it would be released, and it was indeed released last week. So, Malcolm, you yep. and Java and I have some of the first copies. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful book. Uh, but, um, Ashley, if anybody was ever qualified to write a cookbook, it is you. So, before... <laughs> Before we get before we get going, uh, actually talking recipes, let's talk a little bit about you and uh, how your career came to well led you to this point. Yeah, um, so I've always loved to cook. I mean, I grew up with my mom and my grandmother teaching me at a very young age um, how to cook, and I knew I wanted to turn that into a career, but um, the chef route was not for me. Um, I knew I kind of wanted a nine-to-five job and have a family, so um, I, I graduated from the University of Georgia with a journalism degree, and um, after I got my journalism degree, I um, interned for Coastal Living Magazine in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, at the time, they were under the umbrella of Southern Progress, so Southern Living, Cooking Light, that whole group. Um, and after my internship, I knew that I, that's where I wanted to be. Um, they had a wonderful test kitchens, and it just was a really, really cool environment to work in. Um, so I talked to the HR guy that, there at the time, and he recommended that I go to culinary school. So I did. I went up to New York for culinary school. And the day after I graduated, I called him up, and I said, okay, I've got my degree. Now, you know, I need to get a job. So um, I actually started in the Oxmoor House test, test Kitchen in Oxmoor House um, with the cookbook division for uh, well, all um, the magazines Ashley, there. Southern Living and Oxmoor House Test Kitchens are just legendary, so you couldn't have landed in a better test kitchen. You are right. Yeah, it was a dream come true. I mean, I actually grew up reading my, my mother's Christmas with Southern Living cookbooks, so to actually work on them myself was a dream come, come true. Um, 
So I was in the test kitchen for a few years before I moved over to the editorial side and was a cookbook editor. And then I met my now husband in Birmingham, and he's a marine biologist. And his job took us to Florida um, because, you know, Birmingham's landlocked. So um, I ended up leaving Oxford House at that time and um, become a, becoming a freelancer. So that's kind of where I started my freelance career. Well, when you were at Oxmoor House working on cookbooks, tell us some of the cookbooks you worked on. Right. So um, Christmas, yeah, Christmas was Southern Living, um, any of the umbrella of, you know, Southern Living branded cookbooks, um, whether it was for a, an author that um, we worked with or for the actual magazine. Um, and we also did a large cast iron cookbook. We did um, cooking light cookbooks, um, uh, you know, a whole host of different different brands. Well, was your mom pretty proud that you uh, worked on the Southern Living Christmas cookbook since that was one of oh, her yes. favorites? Oh, yes. And one year I was the editor on that, and my signature was at the beginning of the book, and it was, you know, the, the best moment ever. <laughs> So, Ashley, you grew up in uh, Savannah, and, of course, you now reside in Charleston. So you've not you've, – you've traveled about a lot because I've read in your forward about your first passion is food and cooking, and your second is travel. But growing yeah. up there in uh, Savannah, uh, were you aware of Dukes? Was, was your family a Dukes family, or did you oh, not yeah. think much about it until you got interested in the food business? Well, I mean, that was the only thing that we had was Dukes. And, you know, you don't really appreciate something until you can't get it. And that was the case for me. Um, when I went to culinary school, I, it was in New York. And at the time, you could get Dukes there now. But at the time, you couldn't. And it was just shocking to me. So I really appreciated Dukes, you know, at that point, too. Um, but my mom, when Dukes used to make the, the glass mayonnaise jars, She's big into recycling, and so she saved all those jars. And now if you open up her pantry, um, that's what holds flour and powdered sugar and all of those types of things. So it's been in our family well, for a long time. I just wanted to interject here since you mentioned mayonnaise jars when it was in the jar. I read in an article in the New York Times that talked about uh, the best mayonnaise is my mayonnaise, whatever you like, but it talked about Duke's brand loyalty is so strong that a few years ago, a man contacted Duke's for one of the old glass jars to put his remains in. You wanted oh, yeah. to be buried in a Duke's mayonnaise jar. Now, that's brand loyalty, Malcolm and Ashley. Wow. <laughs> totally. <laughs> All right. We got a caller on the phone. We got Bill calling from Greenwood. Hey, Bill, what's up? You there? Well, maybe he uh, got disconnected. But <clears throat> anyway, so can you briefly actually tell us uh, the story about Eugenia Dukes and how she got started in the biz? Yeah, so um, she actually is from Georgia. She's a Georgia girl, too, but um, moved to Greenville um, with her husband um, in 1917. And um, at the time... Um, the U.S. had just joined in with the Allies for World War One, and um, Eugenia saw an opportunity to sell sandwiches to the soldiers who were there at the National Guard training camp. 
and um, it, the business just kind of took off. All these soldiers were buying her sandwiches, and the word got out, and so locals, you know, wanted them too. Um, and so then, and I think it was 1923, her salesman, you know, while this the sandwiches were popular, he realized that the reason why they were so great was because of her mayonnaise. And so he recommended that she start jarring the mayonnaise um, and selling it. And so the, the business just kind of took off. She had to build an extra um, kitchen on her property because all the orders were coming in and she was running out of room. Um, and then later on in the 20s, I think it was 1929, um, she actually ended up selling the business to C.F. Sauer, which you mentioned before. Um, and they're located in Richmond, Virginia. Um, and that's kind of when the it really took off. Well, I understand a North Carolina concern actually owns the brand name yes. now, but is it still manufactured and made in, in Richmond, Virginia? Yes, I think so. That's where they're headquartered. Okay. All right, Bill's back. Uh, Bill's on the phone calling from Greenwood, Mississippi. Hey, Bill. That's the disappearing phone call from Bill. Uh oh. <laughs> oh, well, never mind. <clears throat> It's too hot up in Greenwood, Mississippi. The phone lines must be sizzling or the wireless. <laughs> must, be, must be frayed. So, uh, actually, I want to ask you a question. Uh, you know, Carol and I constantly carry on about the Dukes versus Hellman's uh, controversy. And there were, I, I checked uh-huh. into yesterday when I was doing this blind tasting and actually putting half Dukes and half Hellman's on each side of my BLT, some of the okay. ingredients I noticed that in Hellman's, they have sugar and lemon juice, and there seems to be a different type of vinegar uh, that they use uh, versus uh, Duke's. And also, Duke's talks about being creamy, and I guess that's sort of a uh, uh, maybe a function of how they present it. And it has a slightly yellow color, a little bit different than Hellman's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Duke's doesn't have any sugar, and I, I, I don't know the secret recipe. Um, but I think there's more egg, egg yolk in it, and which would, you know, that would be the explanation for why there's a, a yellower um, tint to it. Yeah. And the creaminess, too. Yeah, it's very creamy. They're very proud of smooth and creamy, which is a part of their brand. Right. So they started in 1917, Hellman's 1913, I believe. Hellman's, of course, is a Yankee mayonnaise uh, made in New Jersey. Uh, Duke's, on the other hand, is not. A German, uh, I believe, a German immigrant. I think Richard Hellman. And it's actually the number one mayonnaise in the world just because it's distributed more widely. But us Duke fans like to say, you know, ours is more precious and, you know, only shared with people who really care. But Uh it is now shared in 42 states. Is that right, Ashley? I think so, yes. Hopefully, hopefully after this cookbook, it'll be more. <laughs> yeah. well, it used to be just shared to very few. Uh, yeah. But I know that some of our cooking and coping people out in the West, and especially up in Washington, who are such great cooks, you know, they they are always asking after it. So you have to be sure and tell the people there they need to open Seattle, Washington. Absolutely. Well, you know, they can order online. I mean, that's still an option, but it would be nice to have it in the brick-and-mortar, you know, down the street. 
Now, actually, the book comes out like in days, or is it already out? It's already out. It came out on June thirtieth. So okay, and what is what a sad time because you can't go out and tour. I uh, know that's been like the biggest regret for me. Um, but you know, it's, I've still been able to connect with people, um, you know, through social media and everything. And that's honestly been what's been the most fun um, this past couple of weeks is connecting with other you know, Duke's fans and talking about the book and seeing what everyone's making. It's been so fun. All right. Ashley, thanks. Hang on. We're going to take a break. Carol and I and okay. Ashley will take a break, come back, talk more about Duke's mayonnaise. We actually have, for the first time, uh, a swag prize pack. So when we come back from the break, we will give you a chance to win our uh, prize pack. You can call one eight seven seven M. P.B. Ring. That's 1-877-672-7464. And answer this question. What state did Duke's mayonnaise originate? We've mentioned it a couple times. We want to see if you're listening. A southern state where Duke's mayonnaise originated. We'll take a break. When we come back, we hope to hear from you, our callers, to win the swag pack. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Stay tuned. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast, AutoCorrect. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. You're listening to Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio. Malcolm White with Carol Puckett. And today, our very special guest calling us from South Carolina, Charleston, to be precise, Ashley Strickland Freeman, the author of The Duke's Mayonnaise Cookbook. And I believe there are 75 recipes within and this gorgeous book with these fine pages and beautiful art and illustrations. What a prize. Thank you so much for doing this, Ashley. Thanks for having me. So what gave you the idea, uh, or where did the idea come from for a Duke's Mayonnaise uh, cookbook? Well, um, I've always wanted to write my own cookbooks. You know, at Oxford House, I was often a ghost writer or just an editor. And um, I've always wanted to have my own cookbook where all the recipes were mine and the words were mine and... um, the, the same with publishing these days, typically, is you have to have a Food Network show or have a ton of followers on social media, and I didn't really have that. And so um, it was some advice was given to me that, you know, to pair up with either someone that did have a following or to partner with a brand. And so I was thinking about it, and one day, um, actually in the fall of 2017, I um, opened up my refrigerator door, and there was a Duke's minister staring me in the face, and a light bulb went off um, because I knew that, that Duke's could kind of um, tie together recipes that um, I loved from growing up and recipes inspired by where we've traveled to. I know that was a good way to, to include both, both recipes, types of recipes. So that's kind of where the idea came from. 
Well, speaking of tying things together with Duke's mayonnaise, uh, we all know that uh, Duke's in a cake uh, will set you free. And I would imagine the same is true of cornbread, though there's not a cornbread recipe in the book. Uh, I'm sure you put a little Duke's mayonnaise in yours. But finally, the crab cake recipe was remarkable. And that is something I love, love, love. And I was glad to see that. Yeah, absolutely. I made the flounder recipe, the pecan-crusted flounder with the lemon butter cream sauce. Didn't use Uh flounder, but uh, did it with grouper and... Oh, it was absolutely delicious, very, very sweet and lovely. And the oh, lemon good. butter cream sauce is, is just divine. But, you know, there's mayonnaise everywhere. Yeah. Lots of different ways to use it, for sure. So did you come up with the recipes from scratch, or had you been collecting these? Uh, how How do you... How do you do 75 mayonnaise recipes? Yeah, it's, a, it's kind of a combination of both. Um, there are some recipes inspired by um, dishes my family would make growing up. Um, I would add, a, you know, mayonnaise instead of, you know, think of what mayonnaise is, eggs and oil and vinegar. So um, I created a list of things that could potentially work and, got in my kitchen and started experimenting. So it was really fun. That process was really fun. Well, as a professional cookbook writer and recipe tester, what were your biggest challenges in doing your own cookbook? Gosh, well, something that was really important for me was to make this as reader-friendly as possible. I wanted people who liked to cook but weren't very experienced in the kitchen to be able to to make these recipes as well as people that, you know, like to experiment and have been cooking for a long time. So that was something I really kept in mind um, when developing the recipes. And when I I had friends and um, former coworkers test the recipes for me, Um, I wanted, you know, regular old Joe's cooking these recipes, and um, that really helped me with the way I wrote the recipes as well. Um, so, so you were you weren't really using a professional test kitchen. It sounds like these no. were home tested, home cooks. That's right. Yeah, and this there's, book, a, there's a lot of difference in cooking in a home situation uh, than yes, than some right. of the test kitchens I know because Absolutely. you're dealing with a variety of of different ovens and stoves and BTUs and electric versus gas right. um so i think it was a great idea yeah. yeah and i think uh you know the home cook will really enjoy this this book of recipes it's very approachable you made it uh, uh easy uh and and very approachable and comfortable and you know a lot of cookbooks come out and they're just sort of overdone and they're created by professional chefs and professional kitchens and you know people get sort of uh intimidated by them but this one is is beautiful and eloquent but it's just so uh approachable and and uh you know good for the home cook and we love to focus on the home cook well that that's really one of my favorite things in the book and i have not seen this i mean i've seen seen it in in kind of different forms but ashley you had in in the front of the book you had a section called how to use this book Mm 
Mm-hmm. And what I really loved, you said, if you were to make every single recipe in this book, here are the pans and equipment you would need. And you go through, like, baking pans. You need an 8-inch round, a 9-inch, you know, sauces and skillets, appliances, and other tools. That really spoke to me. And I just okay. wonder why more cooks and more people don't do that. And you also gave general guidelines for the recipes. Like, what do you mean? What do I mean by grease and flour a pan? Um, right. That you developed them for a standard electric oven and a standard electric stovetop. And, you know, one of the things that I didn't know, and I've been cooking for quite a long time, one of your guidelines was when measuring dry ingredients like flour and powdered sugar that can pack down spoon the ingredient into the dry measuring cup and level with the knife as opposed to scooping the measuring cup into the ingredient. And I'm big on putting a one-cup measuring cup down in a bag of flour. So I just loved learning that. Yeah, that was a, that's a test kitchen. When, when I was in the Oxford House test kitchen, that's how we were taught. So that's kind of what I've been doing from then. And it... it I mean, obviously, like in Europe and stuff, they use, um, they weigh out everything. And, of course, that would be the ultimate way. But, I mean, who has a scale, you know, what yeah. regular cook does? So that was my way of hoping that everyone would get, you know, the best results possible is to, to make those guidelines. We have a caller on the phone. Linda is calling us from the great city of Memphis, Tennessee. Hello, Linda. Well, hey, Harriet. I, I enjoy Deep South Dining, and, uh, and I just wanted to say that um, even though uh, I was too late with my answer, I'll always listen to Deep South Dining because I get such wonderful ideas. But uh, I saw the, uh, the cookbook um, uh, featured in Parade Magazine yesterday, and it had a Duke recipe uh, in there, and I thought, this is so great. And uh, I thought, well, let me start looking for this book, and then this morning, when I got up, I heard the, I heard him talking. Heard y'all talking. You said that the author, the, the person that that did the book, would be on the program. So I thought, now how how wonderful is um MVP? You know, y'all. y'all <laughs> we <laughs> are on top of things. <laughs> <laughs> so it was. Uh, you had a piece in Parade Magazine over the weekend. That sounds good. Yes, yes. It was fun okay. to see it for sure. Well, I will, I will, I will get the rest. I will get the book. I will try some of the recipes. And um, oh, and one other thing I like about Dukes is that you know that they they will uh, package Dukes and uh, carry along packages um, like little plastic packages. Hellman does it too because there are a lot of times you you'll go out to, to places, uh, you'll get a hot dog, and they they don't have the condiments of mayonnaise. And, and to me, what what is a hot dog without mayo? So anyway, uh, <laughs> what is it? Yeah. I, it's I a bland it. wiener in a it bun. <laughs> Nobody wants it. Nobody. We're on the deep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so well, we hope again. you'll call us back after you try some of the recipes. Call the show uh, some Monday and let us know how it goes. We'll do. Mm. And thank you. All. Well, thank you, Linda. Thank you for listening and thank you for calling. We we've, we've got a winner, Java. Is that right? Uh, yeah, uh, Malcolm, Carol, and Ashley, we want to say congratulations to Charlie Reeves of Lena, Mississippi. He won the Duke's uh, Prize uh, Swag Pack, and he had the correct answer. Duke's mayonnaise originated in South Carolina. All right. 
we try to make it easy for our listeners, and we do appreciate them staying connected to us. So it'll be interesting, uh, Charlie, I think you said. Uh, maybe you can call us after you get your package and tell us what all you've received from Duke's mayonnaise. Carol, of course, has a Duke's face covering. Ashley, do you have one of those? I don't, but I, I, I need to get one. Yes, indeed you do. Yeah, it's, it's really great looking. I'll, I'll text you a picture after the show of the one right. I have coming. I'm so proud and happy that Thomas Williams has gifted me with such a marvelous, marvelous mask. That's great. Now, I do Ashley, have what, Dick's earrings. Oh. <laughs> oh, you have earrings? I sure do. Well, I think, you know, other other people have, there's jewelry. Uh, I think I read in your book of people getting tattoos of D- Duke's uh-huh. mayonnaise. I mean, that's pretty serious brand loyalty. I don't, I, no, I don't have any tattoos. I think my mom would disown me. <laughs> You think you'll stay with 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 the earrings, right? The earrings are they're just the right thing for me. So, what's the weirdest thing, Ashley, that you've ever seen Duke's mayonnaise used for? Gosh, like in cooking, or yeah, well, uh, yeah, yeah, I would well, start with general. cooking. <laughs> I mean, I, what Carol mentioned earlier about the the gentleman who called to get the jar for his remains and golly that's got to be the weirdest um, that's pretty strange yes yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. T- tattoo is pretty strange too yeah 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 all of the above yeah. all right let's t- take another break here this is our last break of the hour when we come back we'll have ashley freeman on the phone the author of the duke's mayonnaise cookbook so stay tuned and if you have a question comment you want to talk to ashley you want to tell us what your favorite mayonnaise or spread is, Carol will talk to you about the difference between whip, whipping, miracle whip, whip, and mayonnaise. We're not putting up with any of that. You're listening to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Hi. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, Professor of Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center and host of Southern Remedies Relatively Speaking. Join us as we explore issues that relate to you and your family, from mental health obstacles and family interactions to handling life disruptions. Whatever the issue, let's try to figure it out together. You can listen live Tuesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. You're listening to Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio. Malcolm White here with Carol Puckett and our very special guest today, Ashley Strickland Freeman, the author of the Duke's Real Mayonnaise Cookbook, It's just out and available at your favorite bookstores, Lemuria here in Jackson, and all of the independent and wonderful bookstores across the nation. But before we get back to Ashley, we're going to take a third times the charm try at Bill from Greenwood is on the phone. Bill, are you with us this time? Yes, I'm here. Uh, Sour's Mayonnaise from Winston, Virginia. That's one of my favorites. And my mama was a Miracle Whip girl. I don't know about the mayonnaise, but she was eating that probably since she came out in the 30s, because she was born in the 20s, and she ate that all her life, and that's all she would ever eat. 
And what is your what is your brand? The one you mentioned first. Uh, Sours in Richmond, Virginia. Sours. Well, that's Sours. the same people that make Dukes, right, Ashley? It is. Yep. So, do they make a separate Sours brand from the Dukes? Um, I do not know the answer to that. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. I, oh well. I, it, it would make sense that they they would. If that's right. He's remembering. Well, you know, we're talking about Miracle Whip, and I just kind of wanted to just say a few things about that. And Miracle Whip is not classified as a mayonnaise, and that's you know that's why uh, it doesn't have the word mayonnaise on the label. And I don't really remember all of my food history with uh, Miracle Whip, but it was made yeah back in the 20s or or 30s to be less expensive it was yeah maybe during the war years but it has a very low content of vegetable oil and to be called uh, a mayonnaise the fda requires at least 65 percent vegetable oil and uh most most mayonnaise are made with about uh with about 80 but it has Miracle Whip is wonderful. It's labeled as a salad dressing, and it includes more than twenty secret spicy ingredients. Wow! And just just one other. Th- I know I'm a mayonnaise nut, but uh, Miracle Whip is a cooked product as opposed to uh, mayonnaise, which is uncooked. Well, uh, leave it leave it to the federal government. Uh, to get into the classification of what is and is not it's mayonnaise not mayonnaise. Business. They, you know, we've, got to, we've got to be really careful. <laughs> I guess they'll come around and get you if you start calling Miracle Whip mayonnaise. Can't happen here. I know. Well, it won't happen here on Deep South Dining, I'll tell you that. That's right. So, Ashley, uh, you were in Parade Magazine this past week. You got any other sort of uh, non-public public appearances lined up to promote your book? Yeah, well, I've actually already had a, quite a few. Um, I was in um, Golden Gun Magazine. Um, I've been in a couple other local newspapers and Charleston Magazine. Um, and then I think there are a few more coming up. I can't remember um, I have a wonderful marketing group that is helping me well, out with well, all that promotion. Dukes was highly promoted in Martha Foos uh, and Amy's book, uh, A Good Meal is Hard to Find. There was a great yeah, painting in there by Amy book. Evans. Yeah, yeah and, uh-huh. and Amy's painting is very iconic. We had Amy on the, on the show a couple of months ago, but she did this uh, Duke Mayonnaise painting, which then turned into a series of Prince, and that's one of the things that she is very well known for, uh, because as they say, mayonnaise holds the South together. It's the spread that holds the South together. So um, it'll yeah. also hold your crab cakes together. Yeah, and did it hold yours this weekend? Absolutely. It's <laughs> it's the great binder. It's the binder that just keeps on giving. Duke's mayonnaise. Um, Ashley, we've we've talked a lot about tomato sandwiches, both mm-hmm. on the show and in our on our website. Uh, I mean, our Facebook page, Cooking and Coping, and people have really strong preferences for how a tomato sandwich goes 
for them, whether it's white bread or wheat bread or uh-huh. yeah, lettuce. What is your perfect tomato sandwich? So mine is the same recipe that we would do when we took it to family reunions growing up, and it is white bread with mayonnaise, a little sprinkling of wildly seasoning, salt, and tomato. That's it. Do you cut the uh, crust off of your white bread? Um, we did for family reunions, um, but I don't really go to the trouble of doing that now. I don't know if that's sacrilege to some people, but I, I, I'm fine with the crust. Do you peel your tomatoes? I'm sorry? Do you peel your tomatoes for tomato sandwiches? No. Me neither. A lot of trouble. But let me say this. The tomatoes that I currently have, which are better boys, uh, you absolutely have to peel them because the, the oh. skins are so bitter. So oh, okay. I, when, when, I'm not, when I'm not forced to cut them off, I don't. But with these better boys, I promise you, you do not want to eat uh, a skin of one of those tomatoes. Well, Malcolm, I saw a picture of one of your creations, a cucumber and tomato sa- uh, salad, and you had the headline, Simple and Simply Delicious. Mm. And you, you got a lot of feedback on that. That is the perfect summer salad. Yeah, that's that's a David Patterson production. He brought those uh, those cucumbers and those tomatoes. And those are better boys, and we had to skin all of those uh, before we cut them up uh, and put them in a salad. So, well, uh, Ashley, I, I do want to know how did you write this cookbook with a husband and a baby? You must have had a newborn baby when you started this. Yeah, I think he was about two when I started, almost two. Um, well, they're they're great recipe testers. Um, <laughs> they, were, they were helpful, and my, and my little guy, he, he actually turned five yesterday, was his birthday. Um, he Boy. he loves to help me in the kitchen, so it was really fun. You know, I just I made my family part of the whole experience, um, and then I have a lot of help with my, the, the two grandmas helped a lot, too, when we were photographing the book and, um, you know, recipe testing and all that, too. So I have a, a great, great group of supportive folks in my family. So tell us a little bit more about the uh, how you are going to, in, in the pandemic, how you're going to promote the book uh, as opposed to the good old days when you could actually travel around, make personal appearances, go to bookstores. How is that shaping up for you? Yeah, so um, social media has been really helpful for that. Um, I've recorded a couple of videos and I'll post those and then I'll probably do um, some virtual book signings. Um, I had some book plates printed. Um, those are those little stickers that, you know, you can put at the beginning of your book that say, this book belongs to, or whatever. So I'll probably end up signing those, and then I can mail those to people who have bought books. Um, so that's one way to, you know, do a book Well, signing, how can people follow you on social media? Okay. So, um, it's very easy. My Instagram handle is Ashley Strickland Freeman. Same with my Facebook. Um, and then I'm I'm new to Twitter. Um, Ashley S. Freeman on Twitter. Great. 
Well, it's certainly been a pleasure to have you. Thanks so much for joining us today. And your book is remarkable and beautiful. And thank you for putting it together. We wish you nothing but great success in promoting it and selling it. And then we look for the follow-up. And we also hope to have you on the show again. Thank you very much, Ashley Strickland Freeman.